Shigurivashna Guru Paramparaki Jai. Shri Chaitanya Charitamrita Ki Jai. Old Premanande. Welcome. Good evening. So reading from Chaitanya Charitamrita, I started some classes a couple of weeks back. Um, beginning with the narrative that begins in chapter 7. We are interrupted by various festivals and other services, so I want to return to that now and uh, just in brief to uh, refresh the memories of those who have been listening. This is an interesting chapter in that it, the beginning of the chapter ends the uh, discussion, Krishnas's discussion of his own Mangal Charna, his auspicious invocation that consists of 14 verses, the last of which corresponds considerably with the first in that both of them offer uh, respect to the Panchatattva, hmm? with the exception that the first verse includes also a uh, pranam to Guru Tattva. So, Vande Gurun Ishan Ishabhatarakan, Ishabhaktan Ishan Ishabhatarakan, Tatprakashan, Shakti Krishna Chaitanya Sangnakam. So, to the Gurus, he offers his obeisances to the Guru Tattva principle and a plurality of Gurus. And then, to Ishabhaktan, Ishabhatarakan, to the devotees, to the avatar, Tatprakashan, to the expansion, the avatar being the descent from the Paravyom, the expansion being the uh, forms of the Lord that remain within the Paravyom for Leela there. Um, the avatar personality, or the personality that personifies the avatar principle in his book, then is Advaita and Nityananda, the Prakash. Uh, the Bhakta, Isha Bhaktan, Srivas, Thakur, Tatprakashams, Tathach Chakti. Shakti here refers then to Gadadhar Pandit, the Antaranga Shakti, or Swarup Shakti that Bhakti is constituted of, and Krishna Chaitanya, the, the Godhead himself. These are the five, of course. Hmm? And then again, the last verse, which is explained in brief in this seventh chapter is the panchatattvatmakam krishnam bhaktarupa sarupakam bhaktavataram bhaktakyam namami bhaktashaktikam. And the five principles are again uh, mentioned. This last verse being a verse of perhaps Swarup Damodar's verse, I believe, included in the work of Kavikarnapur. Um, it's one instance. There are other instances of how Krishna's Kaviraj has imported uh, verses of other great devotees and employed them in his Mangal Charan, the verses of Rupa Goswami, a verse of Rupa Goswami, uh, two verses, other verses of Surabdhamadhar, these three dealing with the uh, descent of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, both his external reason for descent, Rupa Goswami's verse from um, his dramas, from, I think, must be from um, Vidagda Madhava. And the two go together, Lita Madhava, Vidagda Madhava, and, and the internal reasons. Um, verses of uh, Srupa Dhamma Goswami. So, it's an extensive Mongol charn that goes beyond the very principal necessities, if you will, of a Mongol charn to have a verse that explains the best essence of the book in a code, so to speak, or in a concise way, that's called the Vastu Nirdesh Sloka, the Vastu Nirdesh, the so condensed form of the of the, the truth, what the book's about, the tattva of the book. And Mangalacharan also consists then of a of a Namaskar verse where the deity of the book is is um, offered uh, respect. And an Ashurvad verse, uh, a verse in which the author offers his blessings to the readers. So his Mungal Charan has these uh, elements, and uh, as he himself explains, and and more. It's extensive. It's 14, 14 verses. 
Um, and then he goes on to explain these verses. I mean, they're all cited in the first chapter, and he goes on to explain them over seven chapters. So it's a rather lengthy commentary that he embarks upon on his uh, commentary on his own Mangalacharan. And um, in doing so, he, well, um, expounds upon these five principles, which the idea is you have to... This is the dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is is, uh, coming from him, so you need Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm. This is a magnanimous appearance of the Godhead. And uh, the the Prakash principle uh, you also need in terms of what he's giving in his descent, because, uh, for example, along with the ideal of the Madhurya Rasa, we find um, other possibilities as well. If you take Sakiras, for example, this is uh, then, um, you have to have the Prakash, you have to have Balaram. <laughs> in the spiritual sky. You, uh, you really have to have him from Madhurya Rasa too, I should say. So, uh, uh, the Madhurya Rasa that the book The Ideal is centered on is not an island unto itself, of course. It has support from the other Rasas in order for the whole affair, for example, of Parakya, to go on. Hmm? Um, So you need the Prakash element in terms of what he's giving. He's giving the Brajabhakti. And even if we focus in on the the precise kind of gift of Radhadasyam, you you need the Prakash element, as I'm mentioning. You need the the Avatar element, you need the... the, uh, which which would involve the distribution. Hmm? Yuga Avatar does the distribution. Um, and you need the gift itself, bhakti. Hmm? This is the shakti, Tatvasi speaks about it. Then you need somebody to give it to, which is the, the jiva. So these are the five principles, and he expounds upon them in great detail, as I've said. And here in the seventh chapter, he gets to the last one, panchatattva, the five, again, atma. Pachatatmatkam Krishnam Bhakta Rupa Sarupakam Bhakta Avataram Bhakta Kyam Namami Bhakta Shaktikam. So the same five are glorified. And he gives a brief explanation um, about the Shakti Tattva here. Hmm. He explained the the uh, the uh, the Bhakta Tattva obviously is also a Shakti Tattva. Devotees are, but devotees or the jivatmas who can be devotees are their purushas and their prakriti. They're more purushas when they're in relation to the material nature, and they're more prakriti when they're in relation to Bhagwan in service. Therefore, we tend to refer to them more as tatasta shakti hmm, than as purusha, which is kind of provisional. Hmm. In relation, that means they're only purusha in relation to what. Hmm? In relation, relation to matter, hmm? otherwise they're not. Hmm? Uh, um, so, despite the fact that they're also a, a, a shakti tattva, they're a, he, he's described them in their own category as bhakta tattva, and distinguished the bhakta tattva from the shakti tattva, and uh, and of course. As it turns out, the bhakta tattva is the jiva endowed with or infused by the shakti tattva or or bhakti. So here in this chapter, he gives some emphasis, some explanation on the shakti tattva. And in the panchatattva, that refers to as, as far as a person goes or an embodiment of that shakti tattva. Who else would it be but Garadha, who is the Radha of Gorlila, who is Radha, that is Bhakti Devi, the Swayam Shakti, hmm? um, the fountainhead of all uh, Shakti Tattva, um, again Bhakti Devi herself. Um, so uh, that said, of course, he doesn't go into great detail 
about the person of Gadadhar, and there are theological reasons for that as the book goes on. But um, but he 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 gives us a brief explanation, and um, and um, then he segues into a brief description of how these five function together in terms of the dispensation of Namsankirtan, which is the method, as I often say, to the madness of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? And how the Panchatattva came together and they they plundered the storehouse to use his poetic, well, Prabhupada's poetic renderings of the verses, uh, plundered the storehouse of love of God to distribute it, and the more they distributed it, the more it grew, and and so on and so forth. And how such empowered persons are required to effectively uh, distribute the Sankirtan and, and change the lives, the hearts of people, and so forth is is underscored. And as he's speaking about this power of Sankirtan and the Sankirtan's uh, distribution being one that uh, seeks no qualification, it's without uh, discrimination, it doesn't matter what your quality may be, qualities may be, whether you're a very qualified person, you have no qualities, or you have bad qualities. Hmm? And then to kind of underscore that point, and particularly with regard to the latter, those who have bad qualities, we find ourselves suddenly hmm, um, in the midst of a narrative, the beginning of the narrative of Chaitanya Charitamrita, where it starts, but after this chapter, it stops. Hmm? So it's curious. The narrative starts where? With Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Banares. That's not the beginning, obviously. Uh, that's, that's, that's not the Adi Leela. Hmm? He's already in his Madhi Leela. He's already a sannyasi. Hmm? And the story, the narrative here in this chapter, is told again at the end of the Madhi Leela. Hmm? with more detail, although there's considerable detail given here. And that, with regard to the conversation between Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Prakashananda Saraswati. Hmm? And so, why this narrative here? Hmm? Because it's followed in the next eighth chapter by Krishnadasa's explanation of how he came to write the book, how he was blessed by the Vrindavan Goswamis and... Uh, um, and uh, and so on, and uh, um, got the got the, uh, the 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 garland and confirmation of Madan Mohan, and and uh, a very beautiful kind of confessional type of writing we find there in that eighth chapter, uh, speaking in his in his humbleness uh, about the task and how it was bestowed upon him uh, as a service, and how he took it up in old age and. With rheumatism, arthritis, he's writing and trying to finish and so forth. And that, of course, chapter is followed by then a uh, that's uh, a, a number of chapters. What we get eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, I guess, uh, wherein he he goes through this lists of devotees, lists of devotees, who are the metaphorical branches on the tree of love of God the Advaita branch, the Nityananda branch, Gadadhar branch, and so forth. And this is, these are beautiful chapters. You could think, i just skip over this, just his names of all these you know, people here. But they are, they are the players, of course, in the drama that's about to unfold in chapter, what is it, 13, I believe, where the, the, the narrative begins in a chronological sense with the, that which precedes the birth of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and then his birth and then we go on somewhat chronologically. Hmm? Um, but those chapters uh, uh, are, they should be read just to hear the names of those devotees. They should just be, the verses just be chanted. And there's this one and this one and this one and this one, just chanted. And because Gaurangera Nityasiddha, what is it? Nityasiddha Gaurangera. Mm, it just uh, Narutam sings. Uh, 
the group of association of Gaur, Gorangera, Sangagana, Nityasiddha Korimani, they are all Nityasiddhas. Their company we require in order to become fully developed in terms of Rasananda and and thus um, qualified to participate in the Leela. Again, although the Leela of Mahaprabhu in terms of dispensation, distribution requires no qualification, it brings us in and qualifies us. Hmm? Gradually, gradually. Hmm? Hmm. Step by step. Hmm? And to understand where we are in that gradual development and apply ourselves accordingly and appropriately at that time, this is what is called consideration of adhikar and what's beautiful. Hmm? Um, to act in a way that's becoming, that befits you. Hmm? Um, so, so there, there is a hierarchy and there is indiscriminate distribution at, at the same time. And anyway, all these names of all the devotees, uh, it's so beautiful to hear their, their names. And then they'll come up here and there in the narrative. Hmm? So if you want to have a drama, then you want to you know, have the, at least in the beginning, or sometimes they do it at the end, or partially in the beginning, starring, you know, with a secondary role here. And so here it all comes, you know, and all, all, the, all the players. Hmm. As many as he could could name, hmm. unlimited as they are. Um, so, uh, so here, th- this this narrative section of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Benares seems a bit out of place. And again, it comes up chronologically later in the Madhilila. Hmm. But its purpose is twofold, I believe. One is is to emphasize the method of Mahaprabhu's. Madness, hmm? nam sankirtan, nam dharma. Hmm? Um, so some abhideya tattva. Hmm? The section that precedes this, the entire explanation of his Mongol charn is quite in depth and quite deep theologically and philosophically, very rich. Hmm? I mean, it goes so far as to extend into the you know, from the descriptions of of time and space, and then transtemporal, uh, transspatial reality of Vaikuntha, uh, when discussing the Tenanda Prabhu and so forth, to the inner space of the of that uh, uh, spiritual kind of geography of of Goloka and and the the inner desires of Krishna, the, the most, what I consider the highest theological questions ever asked and entertained, and they're being asked by God himself, about himself, because theology means to ask questions about God and answer them. And here God is asking, why, what is it in me that makes her the way she is? Anyway, we know these are very, uh, very uh, extraordinary question, so very rich, very deep theologically. And, and, and it's almost as if, like Prabhupada once uh, or at times said that he put a lot of effort into the first canto commentary of his because he didn't know if he would uh, be amongst us mortals long enough to finish the book. He came to America with three volumes. So he tried to cram a lot in there in terms of his his purports. Sometimes we see in the later volumes of his Commentary. The commentary is considerably more sparse. Hmm? Um, so, and he quickly. It should be noted. He quickly did the tenth canto summary study of the Krishna book. Also, once he, once he set foot here and got some footing. Hmm? So uh, it's almost as if, and Krishna has described himself in this way. He's very old. He didn't know how he would finish the task, and it was difficult for him to even hold the. Whatever it was, not pen, I guess, but quill, quill. Uh huh. Yeah. And um, and so so much is condensed in in this uh, Mongol chart. The whole really essential theology, 
uh, and philosophy of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. But the way, hmm? the way that he has not spoken at length about that, but he starts to segue into that here, and he'll showcase that in the conversation between Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Prakashananda Saraswati, who, the latter, that is, has a different way, hmm? and it's not the way of Kali Yuga. Hmm? And although he's a big scholar, Prakashananda Saraswati, and all he does is study Vedanta, and he has now, at this point in the narrative, questioned Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, you're a sannyasi, why aren't you studying Vedanta? And why instead are you singing and dancing like an emotional fanatic with other emotional people? Why aren't you grounded hmm, in knowledge and rather than being swayed by the emotional life and, 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 and as a result lending yourself to dancing and singing and playing musical instruments? This is not the Dharma of a sannyasi. And of course, now Mahabhu will have the opportunity to speak as we pick up where we've left off tonight, and he will reply, what is this Namsan Kirtan that he's doing? And he does it in relation to someone who thinks there's something better to do in Kali Yuga, hmm? and, and, and has seemed to have missed a pretty big point in the scriptures, although he's advocating this is the Dharma of a sannyasi just to study the scripture. Mahaprabhu more or less says, well, if you're, why didn't you, you didn't catch this point in the scripture that it's Kali Yuga and the only way is the Harinam, Namsan Kirtan, and, and so on. And, and so to emphasize the Namsan Kirtan, but also, of course, given who Prakashananda is in all this, to add one final philosophical feature to the, uh, to the introduction of the book. What is that? While many positive theological, theological and philosophical points have been raised about what Gaudiya Vaishnavism is, he wants to say now what it's not. And it's not Mayavad. Hmm? And this Mayavad has had its seat in Benares. And Mahabharata was going to Vrindavan through Benares. Hmm? And um, he more or less says, in order to get to Vrindavan, you've got to pass through this Mayavad stuff and retire it. And there's two ways to retire it. You can ignore it and avoid it, which he did on the way to Vrindavan. Or if you get something from your practice, then on the way back you can come and defeat it altogether. This is what Mahaprabhu did. And so we're hearing him now. We've heard him brief his, his way there and his way back. And, and of course, uh, how he also met with Sanatana Prabhu, who had been, uh, escaped from the jail, is contained here in brief. And beautiful sections there, very endearing, very insightful, his discussions with Sanatan and uh, and so on. But at this point in the narrative, of course, he's staying with Tapan Mishra and um, Chandrasekhar. Tapan Mishra was, was, was directly sent to Benares by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. After he inquired from him, was the goal of life? Hmm? Uh, having been told by a Brahmin in his dream with his day day waking state was was fully preoccupied with trying to understand the goal of life in his dream at night the brahmin came and said go to this chaitanya nimai pandit he will tell you the goal of life of course tapan mishra went and mahabhu showed him who he was and he said don't tell anybody and this is the goal of life chant Hare krishna and go to banaras and there he went, of course, to Benares, and there's no devotees there. It happened that Chandrasekhar was went there as well for something, and of course they they're 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 like depicted as the only devotees in a sea of Nirvishesha and Sunyavadi conceptions. And they're wondering what are they doing there? And of course, one day Tapan Mishra at the bathing ghat sees as a young young and beautiful sannyasin, tall and young, 20, in his 20s, very rare to see that, and very charming, very beautiful sannyasi, and it, then he, it hits him like a, like a great blessing. Nimai Pandit, the word had rippled through the subcontinent, has taken sannyas, Nimai Pandit took sannyas, Nimai Pandit took sannyas, 
He's gone to Jagannath Puri. And lo and behold, he could understand. He's come to Banaras. And and so why he sent me here now flashes before him. And Mahabhu takes his takes up his residence with Chandrasekhar, he eats his meals with Tapa Mishra. And in due course they express to him how disturbed they are by the propaganda in the city, which at this point includes vilification of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu hmm? on the part of the on the part of the sannyasis, leading people hmm? of, the, of the community, and they could not could not tolerate it. Hmm? And so Mahaprabhu makes by his omniscience arrangement for a Brahmin to come and invite him to meet with them, although he knows that he never meets with them. But he goes, and where does he sit? Where they wash the feet in humility to contrast the pride of the Mayavadans who, upon taking sannyas, consider themselves God from our perspective. It's a very prideful um, way of uh, thinking about oneself. Hmm? Um, And very different than characteristically humble uh, devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who embrace the mandate of his for humility as if this is the decorum of the devotee. This is this is the Trinada Pisanichana. They should dress in this. Torahura Pisahishnana and so forth. So Prakashananda is stunned by the beauty of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, by his humility and by his effulgence that he begins to, to show. That's the very thing that these Mayavadans seek to merge with and think they're, they're, they're theorize that they're, they're one with. So you can imagine how startling it must have been. Mahabhu shows a little Aishvarya hmm, to deal with them and, and a great amount of humility at the same time. And so he, this way he creates a teaching moment Really, hmm? and those who criticized him now are ready to learn from him, and or, he, he, they misunderstood his activities to be in the realm of karma, emotional life, singing, dancing, and so forth. Hmm? Hmm. And uh, let me get to the part here. I thought I had it marked, but. Uh, but um, what is wrong, of course, it's interesting that he uses words like babuka, you are a babuka, an emotionalist. This is the word that the Bhagavatam itself uses to describe those who can take advantage of it. The spiritually, emotionally alive person. As I was explaining uh, the other day, the fact that we have an emotional life is because we our our chitta and our antakarn in the psychic dimension of our material sense of self has is is capable of of reflecting the pure consciousness and producing as a result an approximation of consciousness. Prabhupada refers to this contaminated consciousness. So an approximation of consciousness appears in the citta, and then it reposes itself on matter. Hmm? And as a result of reposing itself on matter, then this emotional life comes to, to bear. Then hmm? we have feelings and thoughts and, 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 and so on and so forth. That's where we live in this emotional um, realm. Um, which is meaningful, of course, obviously, in comparison to the physical, which has no meaning, in a sense, unto itself. Um, eh, eh, um, but its meaningfulness is limited by the fact that the object that it's reposed in or focused on, matter, is endlessly immutable, and all its manifestations, therefore, are subject to transformation and 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 demise, so, and 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 so, 
the emotional life, we never get any stai. You understand? The object that the emotional, that the approximation of consciousness is reposed in, cannot. First of first of all, it's an approximation of consciousness. On the one hand, and on the other hand, the object it's reposed in has no capacity to produce an enduring emotional experience, enduring forever without change, and uh, and so forth, which is the nature of the spiritual relationship, which constitutes what pure consciousness, rather than an approximation of consciousness, reposed in the perfect object of love, Krishna. And this results in a stai, a dominant emotion that defines the person, gives us a personality and so forth, and allows us to experience emotional life proper. So spiritual life is not like Prakashananda Sarasri thought, doing away with emotions. Hmm? And being still. Might as well be matter. Hmm? Hmm? I mean... The Bodhi perspective is you'd be better off entangled with matter than merged with Brahman. That's their perspective. Hmm? At least there's a semblance of what your prospect in life uh, is there. Hmm? And the opportunity to associate with, with devotees and, 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 and tread the path that will result in, 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 in an enduring spiritual, um, emotional Life. Hmm? And life is emotional. We want spiritual life, not just spiritual. <laughs> we want a spiritual life. Hmm? So this is life, feelings, emotions, love, and so forth. So, uh, Prakashananda's idea is you know, just do away with emotions, dry, sit, knowledge, retire false emotions that arise from attachments, and so forth. Separate your your consciousness, your chitta from from the world, and come to some neutral position of peace and stillness. And of course, it's their ideas dissolve the their ideas dissolve the false self. Hmm? There is no real self. You're Brahman, and and you end up in contentless experience. Not even, not even that. Not even experience, but contentless consciousness. There's no content to be conscious of. You're just pulsating consciousness. There's no, there's no object for it to be reposed in, material or spiritual. It's a very abstract idea, hmm? and Mahabharata doesn't like it. Hmm? And uh, and he wants to tell Prakrishnananda. Of course, we'll go through it. But in in short. Spiritual life is not merely the retiring of material emotion, hmm? but it's to become situated in spiritual emotion hmm? um, by the gradual process, which involves purifying the consciousness hmm? and fully reposing it in the perfect object of love. Hmm? This means there's a spiritual world, an emotional world. As I was saying the other day, and this emotional world is the real world. Hmm? And there, there are real hearts, as I said before, that really melt. Hmm? Now we have a physical heart that's an approximation of a real heart. Hmm? Hmm? And then we have an emotional sense of heart. We say, my heart melted. And the doctor says, no, it didn't. It's still there. <laughs> hmm? We say no. I mean, so this this emotional sense of heart is closer to a real heart than the physical heart. That's just an approximation in 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 in, in the physical world. The, the approximation of consciousness in chitta has the power to transform matter, hmm? to cause muscles to move, and and you get a smile. But the smile is not just facial muscles, right? Hmm? Excuse me, so I'm repeating myself to some of you. I made some of these points earlier, but... Hmm. Uh, no, it's much more than that. Hmm? So the, we go from the physical movement to the emotional life itself, which is problematic because it's focused on the, on the physical, from, but from there to emotional life proper itself, hmm? arising out of consciousness, pure consciousness, as a result of its being focused on, reposed in, 
in Rasaraj himself. Hmm? And so there's a spiritual world. There's a, there's a, there's a, a famous physicist. His name is Sir Roger Penrose. You've probably heard of him. Um, a very um, celebrated physicist in the world who uh, has a belief that he feels is supportable by reason and that scientific um, information or facts can be interpreted um, to support. His idea is that there is a physical world and there's a mental world and that there's a mathematical world, which could also be a world of the good and the beauty. Hmm? Paraphrasing Plato. Hmm? A world of the absolute good and absolute beauty, which would mean that there is, in his opinion, an objective sense of morality, an objective sense of aesthetics that transcends cultural sensibilities and so forth of this world. Hmm? And an objective truth, like math is like a truth hmm? theorem. Hmm? Um, and this is his theory. And, he's, and he, 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 he does it on the basis of, of mathematics by, by explaining that as we look at matter, what do we see? Well, you know, we see a table. Okay, what's the table? A table is wood. What's wood? Wood is a tree. What's a tree? And you keep going deeper and deeper and deeper, as they do in modern science, exploring the reality, hmm? the physical world. And you find you, you get you, you, you the deeper you go you start finding things like protons, neutrons, quarks, gluons, hmm? and so forth, which the only way that we know about them that they exist is through mathematical equations. You don't you can't see them or anything, but they the equation is there and based on the equation I suppose you do something pragmatic and get a result and so you know there's a quark. <laughs> there's a glue, you know, they just give it a name, glue on or something like that. Mm-hmm. So his theory is that these certain very sophisticated mathematical equations, mm-hmm. they so precisely describe the physical world in its deepest kind of, as far as they know, level, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm in its most virgin state, if you will, that that it's hard to imagine that they are something that human mind came up with to describe hmm, a human invention, but rather, his opinion is that they are discovered hmm, or revealed, and they exist as 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 almost like mantras that that the world comes out of. Hmm? and the world corresponds with, and these mathematical equations have their own independent realm that's not, that's not has no location and is, is not physical. Hmm? So it's a, a world of sacred, if you will, a sacred geometric space hmm? that's, that's transpatial, transtemporal, and it has this ground, if you will, that's very, well, I guess, logical, hmm? sound, math, uh, to, to use that as an example. Philosophy, as I often say, there's, there's, there's a ground, philosophical ground, canvas, on which the art of Leela is drawn, and then it has the Leela, the ultimate, the absolute good, the absolute beauty, the absolute... Charm, and this, of course, is a reasonable kind of a platonic way of talking about Golok, the spiritual world, world of spiritual emotion. So sometimes it's useful to um, employ these types of arguments and so forth in, in, in trying to explain not only to uh, the uninformed, but even to devotees, that, that, that they, the, the nature of the spiritual world. It's not a cartoon. Hmm? You know, I mean... <laughs> Uh, the form of Krishna, that the form of the Siddha, hmm, that corresponds with Krishna's form, for the sake of an, of, of ultimate emotional uh, uh, life. Hmm. 
So this is a far, far cry from the very bland and abstract and empty idea of the Prakashananda Saraswati, who's sitting there, you know, obviously bored to death, um, studying the Vedanta while Mahabharata is dancing and chanting in, in the streets in ecstasy. And he's about to get educated by Prakash, by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who has, at this point, as I mentioned, created a teachable teachable moment. Hmm? Right? Hmm? And he's got Prakashananda Swaraswati's attention. Hmm? The Prakashananda had sent Sampradayika Sanyasi to me. Raha Egrame, ki karane ama sabhar na kardarshane. You are the Shankar Sampradaya. You live now in our village here in Varanasi. Why don't you associate with? Why have you avoided us? Um, Sanyasi hui akar nartanagayana. Babuka sab sange lankarsan kirtan. You're a sannyasi, but you're doing dancing and singing. Nartanagayana. Babuka. You're kind of like, you know, really losing it here. You're emotional. Hmm? And with your friends, Sabsange, Lankar Sankirtan, you're making Sankirtan. Vedanta Patan, Dhyan, Sanyasira Dharma. So the, 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 the way of, the, uh, of Vedanta, hmm, which is the Dharma of the Sanyasi, is Dhyan, hmm, meditation. You know, he's speaking med- meditation, means that, like, you know, Clear the chitta, forget the emotional life, sit, sit, shanti, shanti, shanti. Tatha, tatha chaddi kore kene babuke karma. Why do you, tatha uh, chaddi, why do you give up these activities, the dharma of a sannyasi, and instead uh, engage in babuka karma, means like activities like those um, in in the realm of karma, singing, dancing. So he's thinking that the bhakti of Mahaprabhu is is karmic involvement, and bhakti can look like that. Hmm? Um, so you know you have the one end of the spectrum and the other, karma and bhakti, and they tend to look similar. And in between is this uh, meditation and overtly. Uh, what, what appears overtly to be spiritual life, renunciation, and so on and so forth. So, hmm? bhakti is Vaishnavera Kriyamudra Difficult to understand the, the bhakta. He or she may act like an ordinary person. Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasita was printing the books, riding in the motor car. This is not the Dharma of a sannyasi. They should walk barefooted, take no conveyance, wear tree bark, and so on and so forth. So, uh, this is a very special um, thing what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give. It's it's hard to understand. We have to pay pay close attention. Hmm? Uh, uh, have to study the Bhagavatam. Nasta nityam Bhagavata Sevaya regularly and with good good association. Hmm? It has it it transcends the Dharma Marg, the Karma Marg. Hmm? We see in the modern day so much of Gaudi Vaishnava is preoccupied with karma mark, uh, you know, Sri Dharma, the social and religious etiquette and conduct for a woman in the Varnashram system. The, the men are preoccupied, Gaudi men, with, with things like this. Uh, it's just one, one, one example. The moral realm, hmm? and so forth. Yeah. Be a devotee is to, is to transcend the moral realm. It's not to be immoral when we say that, but it has its own sense of morality. If it's favorable for bhakti, it's it's morally good. If it's not favorable for bhakti, then it should be rejected. Hmm? It's a higher criterion. Hmm? So it's a, it's a, it's it's it's, it's uh, you may have heard we may have heard these points, but they need to be emphasized. They need to be explained. They need to be. Hmm? Uh, taught in such a way that we may not find ourselves in the name of uh, Rupanuga, Gaudiya Vaishnavism, really having uh, being engaged in bhakti covered by karma. 
covered by gyan, for example. Gyan karmadi anavritam. Anukulena Krishna anushilam bhakti rutam. Prabhavi dekiya dekiye toma sakshat narayan kina char korekene itiki karan. He says that Prabhavi dekiya tomi toma sakshat narayana. There is a you have this prabhav, this opulence, effulgence, that's such that it makes you look like you're you're directly Narayan. We say we're Narayan, but you look like him, actually. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but uh, you you are you are doing the hinachar, the activity, the achar of the hina of the low people. Hmm? So why? Why are you karkeni? Why are you acting like the lower class people? Itikikaran. What's the reason for this? Hmm? So Prabhu Kahe, Sriman Mahaprabhu speaks, Sri Chaitanya Dev Ki Jai. Shuna Shripad, listen, Your Holiness, he says. Ihakaran, this is the reason. Guru More Mukha. Guru, Guru More Murka Deki Kurila Shashan. My Guru told me that I was a Murka, a fool. And in this way, Shashan, he chastised me. So, Mahaprabhu starts like this, and he's again underscoring that, that the way includes humility. Hmm? He says, Murka tumi tomar nahika pedanta dikar. Krishna mantra japa sada e mantra sar. You are a fool. Hmm? Uh, and tomar nahika pedanta dikar. You do not have adhikar to study the Vedanta. Hmm? Krishna mantra japa sada. Hmm? Always do the japa of Krishna mantra. And a mantra sar, this is the essence of all mantras. Hmm. So first he introduced the japa of Krishna mantra. Now Krishna mantra means, of course, if you, and as you know from Chaitanya Charitamrita, um, this comes out in the, the fifth chapter of the Adi Lila, that uh, this is the Gopal mantra, asta, how do you say? Asta, eight, eight, eighteen syllable. Anyway, mantra. this is the principal Gopal mantra, and of all mantras, the Krishna mantras are the principal mantras. So this is the mantra of mantras, if you will, the Gopal mantra. As far as a you know nam mantra, that's another thing that that will come in here too. But now, first he talks about the, the Diksha mantra of Gaudi Vaishnava, the Gopal mantra. There are der- derivatives of that eighteen-syllable mantra, like the the, the ten-syllable mantra, where it just claim Gopijana Balavaya Swaha, not including the Govindaya, the Krishnaya, and so forth. And, Different versions of that, but they all stem from the original 18-syllable. Hmm. So he emphasizes that here. Mahaprabhu says, my guru told me I don't have eligibility for studying Vedanta. Hmm. And of course, he's, re- he's really saying nobody in Kali Yuga, this isn't, he's really saying this isn't the Dharma of Kali Yuga. Hmm. But we do meditation. Because he was told, this, you should do meditation. We do meditation on the Krishna mantra. That's what we meditate on. Hmm. So we're not like, we're, we're Vaishnavas, we're a different path, but we're grounded in the Vedanta also. Our mantra comes from the Shruti, from Gopal Tapani. Hmm? Have you studied that one? There's a kind of map once. Have you studied Gopal Tapani? Hmm? There we find our mantra, the Krishna mantra. Gopal, this, is, this is not the Gayatri, the Kam Gayatri, the corresponds with the Krishna mantra, Gopal mantra. We get it from there. So we know the Shruti. Hmm? We, Guru Maharaj called said, I'm a fool. He, he's basically saying, you are a fool. Hmm? You study Vedanta, but you didn't study this book. Hmm? And, of course, there's a good argument why the Krishna mantras are the supreme mantra, because Krishna is who he is, and Gopalma Tapani makes that point. Hmm? The supremacy of Krishna. Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam is, is emphasized there, obviously. Hmm? So, he says, and in fact, we do our mantra. My guru told me to do this, this mantra, japa of this. Hmm? Japa, 
means dhyan, meditation. Japa is an anga, a limb of dhyan. So it's done quietly and with concentration and usually even with Krishna Mantra certain things are in place cleanliness and so forth and so on. You get in the right space. Even the Goswamis, I think in Hari Bhakti Vilasa, Sanatana's recommended pranayam before the dhyan to get a type of ventilator a little bit for you at this month. So, I mean, it's powerful unto itself, but it's a mantra, and in its course, the names of the Godhead there are in a dative case, so it's different than the nam mantra. And I guess to say we'll get to that, which is in the um, um, locative case. And uh, as a result, the mantra has some things that go with it, and it, and it requires some qualification. Here he's mentioning Vedantadikar. Tomar nahika Vedantadikar. You do not have adikar for Vedanta. He's saying, his guru is saying, you have adikar for Gopal Mantra. So some adikar for Gopal Mantra is required. No adikar is required for chanting Hare Krishna. But Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, Nam Mantra, will qualify one to be able to receive and take advantage apply oneself in relation to the Gopal Mantra and do the Dhyan. So Dhyan, it very practically, follows Kirtan. Hmm? Shravanam, Kirtanam, the result of which, one of which is capability, ability, adhikar for Dhyan, for Smarnam. Hmm? Um, unlike Smarnam or Dhyan, Kirtan seeks no qualification. And in not seeking qualification, it qualifies one in order to be able to meditate in due course, to sit peacefully and... Because why? Because jetadapanamarjanam. It's the most effective means for cleansing the heart. So you have to get into the kirtan. There should be loud kirtan. And give the sing from the heart there. You have to sing, not with the lips and the tongue, but from the heart. And... Um, Take your 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 approximation of consciousness, <laughs> and instead of reposing it in matter, repose it in your whole material emotional life in nam, nam sankirtan, and then that material emotional life will retire, and some eligibility for meditation will result, and naturally, it comes out here very beautifully. Here, it's a very nice, really without saying it, explanation of Bhakti Siddhanta Sosti Thakur's approach and Bhakti Vinod's to Raganuga Bhakti. Hmm? You'll see as we, as we go go forward. Hmm? So anyway, he says here, uh, my guru told me, uh, I don't have adhikar for Vedanta, study Vedanta. I have adhikar for doing Gopal Mantra Dhyan, Krishna Mantra Dhyan. And this, by the way, is the essence of all mantras. Hmm? So you can see, in a very humble way, and this is how to preach, also. In a very humble way, Mahaprabhu is actually speaking about himself, I'm a fool, my guru told me this, and so forth. And he's not confronting him head-on with a bunch of religious dogma. He's speaking about himself in such a way that the message is going subtly to Prakashananda, and he's becoming more, he's becoming more humble within and, and uh, learning lessons. Hmm. There's more than one way to teach a person. Hmm. So Krishna Mantra Hoite Hobe Sangsar Bochan. Krishna Nam Hoite Pavik Krishnirachan. So he says that Krishna Mantra Hoite Hobe Sangsar Bochan. By chanting this Krishna Mantra in Japa, in Dhyan, derived as it is from the Gopal Tapani, received from through Guru Parampara, hmm. Again, the Vaishnavism is, is connected with the Vedanta. It's not some aberration from the Vedanta. It's really the essence of the Vedanta. Hmm? And he says that the result of chanting the Gopal Mantra is Sangsar Mochan. Krishna Mantra Hoite Hobe Sangsar Mochan. That by chanting the Krishna Mantra, you can become liberated. So the, the mantra... The mantra dhyan of 
Gaudi Vaishnavism has uh, reaches its efficacy at a certain point. Hmm? And it also requires a certain degree of qualification to be entered into, in, uh, embraced in practice. So Pujapat Sridharmarsh gave a nice example to illustrate this verse. If it has a point at which its efficacy is reached and its the necessity for it retires, hmm, and it has it has a beginning point that requires certain level of eligibility, hmm, it differs then in this regard from Harinam, which requires no qualification, no eligibility, and never retires. So he did it by two circles. He gave an illustration of two circles. One circle is the larger circle. It goes up high and goes down low. And inside that is a smaller circle. Hmm? The bottom side, being the beginning of that circle, if you will, requires certain qualification to arrive at. And when you get to the top of it, hmm, it retires. Hmm? So it's a smaller circle inside of a larger circle. Hmm? Now we say, well, why not just chant Harinam? It has no qualification and it and it, it requires no qualification and it it doesn't retire. In the in the part of Yom, in the in Goloka, the Nam recedes to the background and manifests itself in the form of service. Hmm? So it it's there. Hmm? It it doesn't it's not different than Krishna. So, uh, um, so but anyway, sometimes it's it's thought like this. Why why get the the second uh, initiation as as proper? We call it. What's the need for the mantra? And so, well, Mahaprabhu is speaking about both here. Both are being described. And he's describing the method that his guru taught him. It includes the mantra Dhyan on the, on Krishna mantra and Krishna Nam Hoite Pobe Krishna Racharan. Krishna mantra Sansar Mochan Krishna Charan Krishna Krishna Nam. Krishna Charan, Pobe Krishna Charan. So, by the mantra you get liberation. Of course, it's a Vaishnava sense of liberation. Hmm? It means what? Swarupena Bhavastiti, Muktiritvanita Rupam, Swarupena Bhavastiti. You get removed from the negative influence, removal of the of the karma, and you become situated in your in your Swarup, Swarup Siddhi. Hmm? The mantra can retire now. But the Krishna Nam goes on. Hmm? Krishna Nam, we find this in Brihad Bhagavatamrita. He got a mantra, right? Gopakumar got a mantra. And the mantra took him everywhere. Hmm? And he kept chanting his mantra until he attained his sarup. And then what did he do? Hmm? Then from Gokul, Vrindavan on earth, what was his method? He didn't take his mantra to attain the ultimate destination. Surup Siddhi is the stage before. Hmm? Vastu Siddhi in Bhaktivinathakura's language. Hmm? So he, the mantra retired, and what did he do? What was the final practice by which he got his ultimate attainment? Everywhere he went by his mantra, except his final dest- destination. How did he get there? Kirtan. By Kirtan. What kind of Kirtan? That's right. The favorite, his favorite names of Krishna, names of Krishna that corresponded with his own Sakyarasa. Hmm? And what else did he do? Hmm? Two things. He did Nam Kirtan of his favorite names and Lila Smarnam. Hmm? That's fostered by the Kirtan hmm? and by the previous practices that qualify one and so on and so forth. Hmm? So this is what's being said here, that the Krishna mantra will take us so far and help us Hmm? Nam will qualify us to take advantage of that and receive it. We take advantage of it. Hmm? It will help us to take advantage of Nam because Nam is liberated. So when you're liberated, you can take advantage of it hmm? more fully. Hmm? Is the idea. So he did. Gopakumar's example. And by Nam Sankirtan and Lila Smarnam. Hmm? Fostered by that kirtan, kirtan prabhami smarana swabhave, 
Saraswati Thakur made a poem, this is what on the line, by the power, Kirtana Prabhavi of Kirtan, then this naturally this smarnam, appropriate and corresponding smarnam, will ride the eligibility for that and and well, ability to absorb oneself. So here the point is that it is very nicely made. Both things are required. He received both from his guru. So is this this is the, who's who's teaching here? This is Chaitanya Dev himself. This is Krishna in his Acharya Leela. He's saying, I took I took initiation and I got these two. I got Gopal Mantra and I got Krishna Nam. And 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 my guru told me, engage in this, this this is the essence of all practice. So there's not, you know, some people I've heard, you know, with this second initiation, that's just for being a Brahmin. I'm not a Brahmin, so I guess I won't take that. And, um, and then they go on and advocate Varnashram or something. You know? <laughs> there's a lot of confusion uh, about about that. But here it's very clear in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Hmm? Both Mahaprabhu received, both he took advantage of what the efficacy of each um, constitutes. Hmm? And that's a nice example of Pujapatrita Varsha of the two the two uh, circles. One helping the other, one qualifying us to take advantage of the other, the other helping us to take advantage of the former. Hmm? So they work together. I mean basically the the Nam is in the vocative case, so it can be chanted by anybody whether they they know what they're chanting or not. Oh oh Krishna. Oh Krishna. Oh Hari. Hmm? And in, with real feeling on the other side, oh Krishna, oh Hari. Hmm? Whereas the mantra is is in supplication. This mantra, uh, dhyan, is a because the names in the mantra are in the vocative or in the native case. It's a mantra for promoting this supp- supplication where we nivedanam. Hmm? Hmm? So this is the focus of sadhana. Sadhana Bhakti's focus is Shraddha and what? What corresponds with Shraddha? Sharanagati. Shraddha and Sharanagati. Faith and the corresponding visible expression of that faith. Sharanagati. So Sadhana Bhakti is primarily about this. Surrender. So the names in the data case, in the mantra, they're, they're about, I give myself. Hmm? To Krishna, I supplicate myself to Govinda. Hmm? Swaha, hmm? Govindaya, hmm? Govindaya Swaha. So it, it, it it's putting in place that dramatic, if you will, stage that's required for the drama of Krishna Lila to appear in the heart, to erect that stage in the heart. So sadhana bhakti is about supplication. These are very powerful mantra to help us in this regard. And in it, in it, and when you attain bhav, then, well, the drama started hmm, early. You might get some practice that comes before that hmm, on the stage of saranagati, in ruchi, in asakti. But when bhava comes, the drama started. It's actually, it's now... The opening night, <laughs> and I've got a role. I hope I've, you know, and I've got, a, you know. Anyway, it's 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 something like that. And and then of course the drama's a hit, and so you know, it you know it it goes from that stage to another stage, even of notoriety, uh, to 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 brame and and uh, and so on. So. Uh, so the mantras, uh, the, this is the, the again, the, the central mantra, the central diksha. Nam is independent of diksha, that's clearly stated in Chaitanya Charitamrita. That means it's not dependent on that, because it's Krishna himself, he can do whatever he wants. But nonetheless, this is his way. Hmm? His way is that receive mantra from Guru Parampara. Hmm? And receive Nam from Guru Parampara. Where else are you going to get it anyway? At least you should acknowledge that's where you got it from. Even if you heard it, you know, on the radio, where did it come from? Where does it, you know, trace it out? 
Hmm? So it's coming from devotees and from powerful devotees, hmm? from their hearts. Hmm? So find one of them and learn then to chant this mantra under their their guidance. And then in due course, they'll give you the, the, the Krishna mantra hmm? and and your really your practicing life as a sadhaka is now fully in place and you've got a sadhaka daya and there are parameters in which you should live and and you've got to tolerate and so forth and embrace these this decorum of Mahabhu humble, tolerant and we've got to, and the worst thing is that one another we have to tolerate one another we have to get used to that because I've said before nobody's going anywhere unfortunately or fortunately um, so mantra is very you should know this when you chant your mantra this is what you're doing I'm trying to become a surrendered person I'm going to um, I'm trying to what do they say you know tolerate what you can't change and have the strength to change what you what you can or something like that mm-hmm. something like that sadhana has got some 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 spirit of that in it mm-hmm. and so and when we're successful then the mantra reaches its efficacy we may still chant for example and so forth and we saw Prabhupada chant his his mantra mm-hmm. Well, this is the idea. So I want to. I think we've gone on for a bit here, and uh, so I think we'll, we'll stop here and we'll continue the reading. It's very, very instruct, instruct, instructful, instruct, instructful, insightful. The whole narrative, so many insights and so forth. So it's a pleasure to go through it with all you sincere people. Siman Mahaprabhu ki jai, Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita ki jai, Sri Sigurada Madhava ki jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai. Good Premanandi. Panchakalpaturubis chakrabasanubi would chapatitanam pabani bivashna bimunamunamaha. Anam the good vishna brindaki jai. Good Premanandi.